You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like Bemis Associates. Let's make amazing. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon here along with Kat Deal from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber. We're continuing our On the Road series. We're over at 60 Hospital Road in Lemonster. And judging by that address, you can probably guess we are at a hospital. We're at UMass Memorial Health Alliance Clinton Hospital. And who are we chatting with today, Kat? Well, I'm very excited because this is our second podcast in um, March here of 2023. And we are highlighting women in our area for International Women's Month. And today we are with Trisha Stone, who is the Senior Director of External Affairs. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. We're, we're excited to talk to you. There's so much that goes on at the hospital and so much that I know you're a part of and you're a part of the chamber in many ways. This morning you were just there for the government affairs meeting. So it's it's uh, it's always something going on at the chamber. Um, but let's just start with a little of your background because you definitely didn't start in healthcare. This wasn't where you began your professional journey. So what roles did you hold before joining the hospital? Sure. Yeah. I recently got into healthcare. I thought it was a perfect time, you know, middle of COVID to, uh, <laughs> to get into healthcare. But um, prior to that, um, I'm born and raised in uh, Fitchburg. I'm a North Central girl. Always have been. Went away for college, but but came back to my roots. Um, so I did go to college in, in New York. I majored in political science and I had an opportunity to do an internship actually with Senator Kennedy in DC and thought that's where I wanted to live. Of course. So I came back to um, to Fitchburg for summer and I was like, I need a job. You know, I need a launch pad back to DC. So I called all 10 congressional districts and the only person that was hiring was John Olver in Fitchburg. And this actually is a funny chamber story because the uh, the job was an economic development director. And I don't want to say how many years ago that was, but it was <laughs> before there was Google. So I didn't even know what economic development was at the time, but I knew enough to call the chamber. So I actually called the chamber and did a interview over the phone just to better understand the economic development needs. Ended up landing the job. Wonderful. And wow. um, from there, I was with him for 10 years. And of course, John Over was on uh, appropriations. So we were able to work on a number of, of projects. But it, he wanted to keep me here and not send me to D.C. Yeah. So I really established my roots and just have really committed myself professionally in this area. I, after that, I worked for making opportunity count for a number of years, working certainly on programs that addressed anti-poverty needs, economic security. Um, but in my later years there, I was really focused on um, leading the Reimagine North of Maine effort in revitalizing downtown Fitchburg, managing a grant from the Federal Reserve Bank and Health Foundation, which was really focused on spurring economic vitality with a vision of arts and culture in the downtown. And continue to be involved in that work to this day and really proud of that effort. And I was also at Mock during the first probably 18 months of COVID. Mm -hmm. So really trying to stand up emergency services, food access, that was just such an incredible need. But during that whole time, 
um, was really in my entire professional career had worked with Health Alliance um, in some form or, or fashion in, in healthcare in this area. And really with a focus also on sort of upstream public health mm-hmm. and looking at, you know, we worked on efforts in Fitchburg around active living and healthy eating and addressing social determinants on health. So I made a decision that I thought I could do more good inside the walls of the hospital. Um, and uh, so that's how I pivoted here. Again, during COVID, thinking it was a great time to get into healthcare. Perfect. You know, it's interesting because the jobs that you held previously really, it felt like it really prepared you to take on work at a hospital during a pandemic. You know, you have legislative background, you have really strong ties to the community, so you knew where the resources lie. So what a, I mean, what an undertaking to say, I'm going into healthcare during this. Like, that's a really big community commitment. And it's, it shouldn't go unnoticed that people in the healthcare industry for the last three years have had it probably the worst they've seen in a hundred years in healthcare. So to take that on is a real, it's a really big commitment to everybody in this area. So it's hard to think that that's something that a lot of people chose to do, but the idea that you were like, I can do better inside than I can on the outside for the community during a pandemic. That's a lot, Tricia. Well, and what's interesting is uh, when I was at Mock, I had actually started a committee and engage the chamber, our um, area higher education, but from a regional perspective, looking at workforce and understanding working at Mock that women, certainly um, single women with children were Mm -hmm. disproportionately being affected by COVID. And we just all had our own data, whether it was higher ed, whether it was the chamber, whether it was Mock, whether it was the hospital. And so we put together this committee um, to really start honing in, at least sharing the data and then figuring out how to address it. Little did I know that when I came to the hospital and I took on the role, which is supposed to be marketing and communications and government affairs, that the number one issue in healthcare is workforce. And so um, I have really taken that um, as one of my major uh, focuses here at at the hospital. Um, I recently became a trustee at Mount Wachusett, really trying to forge those connections, not just for our hospital, but healthcare in general, because they play such a role working with Fitchburg State and actually I'm serving as sort of a tri-chair for UMass's system on workforce. So it's funny, even during COVID with this focus on workforce, how that is really informing our work here, mm-hmm. um, both as creating pipelines as we need members from our community. We lost a lot of people yeah. um, in at the hospital. And again, this is a national trend. So we need to attract more young students, more community members to consider working in, in healthcare. But then we need to create those pathways so mm-hmm. they can grow and, and succeed and you know move on with their own professional pathways. So That's it's great. been sort of a nice continuum during that COVID time to address something that we need here at the hospital. That's great. And you mentioned women being disproportionately affected by the pandemic. Do you find in general that there are more women working in healthcare than men? Yes. I, um, I think it's something like nationally 77% of wow. women, but here at UMass, it's 88% of women wow. are, um, are in our workforce. So yes, percentage wise, we, we definitely uh, are the predominant gender here. So when it comes to whether or not it's a COVID-19 barrier or a different barrier that they're facing, can you talk a little bit about the hospital's efforts to help overcome those barriers to strengthen that pipeline and ensure that women are staying a very active participant in the hospital's workforce. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's two parts of that, right? The first part is sort of the health equity perspective, and UMass is really leading um, at a national level around health equity, I'm really making sure that, and, and looking at it from a data perspective, but also changes in terms of how we approach healthcare, looking at upstream social determinants on, on health to make sure our patients are getting the right service at the right time at the right place and putting programs here at the hospital, like our multidisciplinary center. So we have the, you know, some of the top docs at Worcester, instead of us traveling down there, they are, their doctors come and there are doctors, UMass doctors that are providing those services right in our community. Thanks to Congresswoman Trahan, um, we got a federal earmark last year to purchase a 3D mammography system that we're putting at the Fitchburg campus, which again, addressing health equity for women. So making sure from a health perspective, Mm -hmm. women have access, but on the workforce side, we have some great examples of where uh, we have, we actually just recognized a nurse by a patient had nominated her for this award called the Daisy Award. And she is one of our new nurse graduates. But she started here as a housekeeper and then moved on to become a uh, nursing assistant and then just became an RN. And she's being recognized by our patients as just being extraordinary in their care. So creating more, and I think that's always happened really organically here, but there is really a focus on creating these pipelines and, and pathways and then making sure that there is wraparound services available to them, whether it's childcare or tuition reimbursement. You know, we also, just nursing, I think, has always done this, is the concept of preceptors, is that you really have mentorships and people in your clinical practice that are there to support you. Yeah, I think that um, the idea that you're creating and providing opportunities for your own staff to take on higher um, education and to create more roles for them is an amazing way to help our community, but also to help their families, like the the spread of that. And you're taking them from a housekeeping position and putting them in an RM position and what that does for them and their families. It really does help the community at large, just in general, in terms of workforce and the way that the money is staying in the area. I know that traveling nurses became a really big commodity during um, the pandemic. So to have the ability to say, you know, we're recognizing our individuals because they've gone through, you know, all of these steps to be a nurse and to participate in the health in the healthcare industry here is really important. And then to be recognized by your patients, that's really special. Absolutely. And, you know, um, the issue of travelers still exist. Um, and, but for us to address our workforce issues, but also improve our patient experience, our patients need to see themselves in our caregivers. Mm -hmm. And so that is a real focus here. And I think that has been a real, even a change in the last few years, um, even in the diversity of our our caregivers, which is great. Oh, that is. No, that truly is. And I know you've been speaking a little bit about diversity, also social equity, and really helping folks to move upstream. Would you say that your experience working kind of right off the bat out of college at the congressional level kind of helped to shape that? Or is that something you've always been passionate? Where did that come from for you? It's funny. I I reflect back on being in high school at Fitchburg High (laughs) and taking a a government affairs class and just um, really falling in love with American politics and American government structure and wanting to go and, and work for Congress and actually achieved that. So I have always been committed to the public sector and and public good. I think where I've been able to really hone my skills, though, is 
around, especially at Mock and even here at the hospital, the ability, to, uh, you know, there's so, so much need, right, in creating programs, whether it's food access or housing access. But the real way for us to affect long-term change is through policy systems and environmental change. Mm-hmm. So I think my government affairs background has allowed me to pursue and actually implement programs, but then making sure that they're on the back end, that they're sustainable through policy and systems. And that there's a real opportunity for innovation here in North Central and that there are examples like Reimagine Uh and we're doing a food as medicine program right now where we can implement local pilot projects through collaboration that can have a state or national impact, especially around policy and systems work. As I was just mentioning, the Food is Medicine program, where we're partnering with a partner, uh, Growing Places, Mm -hmm. where we're purchasing locally harvested food. We are working with our cancer center, making sure our patients have access to this uh, uh, fresh food, but then also making sure that Congressman McGovern is aware of our work as he is leading national efforts around uh, nutrition and hunger and the importance of food as medicine and how we can make policy changes on if we can pay for prescription drugs, why can't we pay for access to fresh foods? So that's that's the stuff that makes me excited. I love that. And with the Food is Medicine program, I think that's part of a broader conversation around health and healthcare in general. If you think about it, think, you know, past generations and whatnot, it was always, you go to the doctor just when you're sick and healthcare is, I'm sick, I go to the hospital. But health is so much more of that. As you mentioned, it's food, it's so many other aspects. How has that change really affected the operations here at Health Alliance and the overall healthcare industry that you're involved in? Absolutely. You know, we, as I was mentioning, we're really leading efforts around health equity. And, you know, just one example, and this is something that's actually being required nationally, but I think we are taking it very seriously and looking at very innovative ways to um, accessing this is around how do we screen and engage our patients to understand, you know, it's one thing for them to come in and, and receive medical care, but for them to maintain their health, housing is an issue. Access yeah. to fresh food is an issue dental services. So we do, uh, in a number of our units, uh, what's called a social determinant health screening, um, and then making sure that they're connected with local resources um, in our communities. And that takes not just a screening tool and a list of programs, but making sure that we're engaging with local community partners, that we're really looking at how, and you know, the hospital um, has, uh, because we built a new emergency department here um, back in 2020, we have to put $2.4 million into community projects. Um, we've spent about half of that. We have two more years worth of funding. And we're looking at how to really focus those funds on the priority areas that we uh, that we identified through a recent community needs assessment. So it is data-driven, but it connects back with those social determinants on health and really trying to think about how do we get upstream, and especially for those most vulnerable populations in our community. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back as we continue our conversation with Tricia here at the UMass Memorial Health Alliance Clinton Hospital in Lemonster. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. 
We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal, as we continue our On the Road series over at UMass Memorial Health Alliance Clinton Hospital, their Lemonster Campus, 60 Hospital Road, chatting with Trisha Pistoni, the Senior Director of External Affairs. And you mentioned the um, expansion of the emergency department happened during the pandemic. You've also got that earmark where you've got a new technology coming to the cancer center in Fitchburg. It seems like every time I drive by or come by here, I'm learning about a new improvement that's happening at the hospital. What else is in the works in terms of the future builds outs or other expansions that you're planning on right now? Sure. And when I had mentioned, you know, another program that we just opened up just about a year ago, and there's certainly plans to expand that is our multidisciplinary center. Mm -hmm. So that's the example of where we know transportation is an access. Um, And the benefit of us being part of UMass Mm -hmm. Memorial Health, the larger system and connections with the medical center and the Chan School is to be able to bring this expertise to our local community instead of expecting that our patients are going to be able to travel to Worcester or to Boston. So the multidisciplinary center allows for that in certain focused areas. Um, We have the Diabetes Center for Excellence. We have rheumatology, thoracic surgery. So there are other service lines that are able to be provided through the multidisciplinary center. And we have hopes to expand on that as, as well. Um, so stay tuned (laughs) right now. Again, you know, I think our biggest, um, innovation really is also just focused on how we're addressing the workforce challenges. We have recently set up a simulation center here within the hospital. Um, so the public wouldn't see that, but it allows our staff, um, to, keep up and expand their professional development that we're able to bring in new nurse grads who, again, went to school during COVID. So they didn't have that hands-on access to patients that students prior to COVID allowed. So this allows them to do that training right on site. And um, so we just actually, two days ago, had another cohort of new nurse grads. So again, a different type of innovation here at Mm -hmm. the hospital, but certainly something that focuses on patient care and patient quality. There are a lot of programs that happen here at this campus. How many campuses are there in our North Central sort of region? How many buildings and where, and and I know they're not just here in um, Lemonster. You have other campuses in different cities as well. Right. So Health Alliance, um, Clinton Hospital, so Lemonster Hospital is the the main Mm -hmm. uh, campus here with our emergency department. Department, uh, inpatient beds. We also have the Fitchburg campus, which has the um, Simon Sinon Cancer Center. Uh, where oh, that's another program we're looking to expand, uh, opening up a complementary care center in the near future. There are more to come on that. We have our Fitchburg family practice uh, there as well. We also have our Clinton campus, which has an uh, emergency department and inpatient urgent care here in Lemonster, and we also do physical therapy. Um, And also we have home health and hospice, uh, which is part of our organization as, as well. So um, we are a, again, our safety net nonprofit community hospital, but within the larger system of UMass. I remember when um, I first started at the chamber, I was listening to Kathy Boudreaux speak about the cancer center um, and uh, the work that was being done there and how innovative it was and that it was a much more holistic approach to um, cancer patients and their well-being. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about the program that goes on over there? Because um, not many communities get to have a full-on cancer center. We are very fortunate. And if anyone has ever had an opportunity to go up there, um, it is, it, it's a beautiful setting. Um, you know, the fact that we have infusion chairs with these beautiful windows that overlook, you can see as far as Hollis Hills. And um, uh, if you have to have treatment, it is, the again, the right place to, to have it. Food is Medicine, as I was just mentioning, is one of the programs that we have um, stood up to support sort of that complementary care. Our plans are to expand that to other um, complementary services such as massage, physical therapy is already up there, occupational therapy, um, but really sort of this holistic uh, approach. Um, and, you know, again, it just cannot go without being said that the services that are provided at our cancer center, I think right now we may have the newest uh, linear accelerator, which is only maybe a year old in the entire system. And so, again, you're getting the expertise of uh, of the clinical uh, leadership from Worcester, but our patients are getting those services here in their community. Um, and, you know, my father is uh, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, was able to access those services a mile from his home. Um, and, you know, there's just not that level of access, unfortunately, throughout the country, mm-hmm. never mind here in Massachusetts. So we are very fortunate North Central to have this in our backyard. And one of the other things you brought up was the different amounts of supports and different community groups you've been partnering with. Um, If folks are familiar with the hospital, one thing that always comes up is the conversation about the Guild. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about the work that the Guild does and some of the other ways that the hospital really reaches out and touches these community groups. Sure. And I know Kat can speak to this as well, um, as we have an event coming up that she's taking a a leadership role in. Um, No, we have, uh, we're very fortunate to have the support of our community. And the Guild is a great example. It is an organization that has been around for, I don't know, even probably over 20 years at at this point. Uh, Um, You know, it comes from a a day where every hospital, every community hospital had their own guild and there's very few that are left. So it's, it's very unique that we have this organization. They're always looking for members and they are there to support the hospital and, and fundraising opportunities. A lot of them are fun, social, socially driven um, opportunities, but they do raise money for us to address some of the needs here at the hospital. And they have supported our birthing center. They have, recently actually put some other resources towards the food as medicine program. Um, so we are, again, always looking for, for members to, to join the guild and, and support those efforts. Development is part of my job. So we have our golf tournament. We're actually moving it back, or I shouldn't say back, but we're moving it to Oak Hill this year. So it will be in, in Fitchburg. But those resources that we raise um, support um, projects at the hospital. And we also, from the beginning, and this is our 32nd year, I think, of the um, golf tournament, uh, about half of those resources go to support internships and scholarships, which I know uh, we are working on right now with, with the chamber of supporting another cohort of uh, students. So, you know, investing back into the community in this partnership, I think, is just a, a, a partnership with the community has um, always existed uh, here at Health Alliance. And I think that it's um, I think it's it, it it's notable to say that um, the guild also takes care of the gift shop inside the hospital and that they uh, are an outreach to the community. And the fact that our hospital still has one of the few guilds left, it just speaks highly to the work 
and the connection to our communities. And COVID definitely shined a light on the importance of a hospital in a community and how lucky we are that we have so many hospitals. I mean, we are in, in a 50 mile radius. I want to say, you know, just along Route 2, there's four hospitals and, you know, you have uh, we have a lot of access. And for those who are joining us right now, uh, Trisha, if they're looking to get involved, either volunteering with the Guild or they need the hospital services, whether it's the emergency room or any of the multidisciplinary services, different offices here. What's the best way for them to find out more information about the hospital? Sure. And just in, um, to answer that question, in, in addition to the guild, in addition to um, you know various committees and certainly services here, um, we also have what's called a PFAC committee, um, which is our parent family advisory committee. You know, we're looking for new members um, currently. We're really looking to have a diverse representation from our community. And why that's important is, again, um, our patient safety is of utmost, um, but patient experience is really important. And it really goes hand in hand. So I would encourage members of our community interested in services that the hospital provides or ways to get involved is to go on our website, which is ummhealth, H-E-A-L-T-H.org, or contact the hospital at 978-466-2000. Certainly can ask uh, to be connected to, to me and my office, um, and we'll make sure you get to the right place. Excellent. And we've been chatting with Trisha Pistoni, the Senior Director of External Affairs here with UMass Memorial Health Alliance Clinton Hospital at 60 Hospital Road in Lemonster here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Trisha, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.